You're listening to McBee Care Threads, a podcast where leaders across the healthcare industry can learn from each other. We'll discuss stories and explore strategies to help providers deliver value-based care and hear your peers share their best practices for success. Let's get into the show. Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Meisel, and I am a director within the post-acute care advisory consulting practice of McBee, a part of NetSmart Technologies. My practice within McBee is senior living focused on clinical, financial, operational, and compliance advisory consulting. McBee has been involved in assisting assisted living owners, operators, and real estate holders with operational reviews to assure regulatory compliance and quality of care and services. Today, I have the opportunity to discuss a new and growing focus within the assisted living arena. With me today is Denise Hobson. Denise is the Program Director with the Accreditation Commission for Healthcare, or ACHC. Her responsibilities for this conversation revolve around the accreditation of assisted living facilities. Denise, please introduce yourself and ACHC to our audience. Yes, Mark. Thank you uh, for the opportunity and good morning. As Mark shared, my name is Denise Hobson. I am the Program Director for Assisted Living and Behavioral Health with Accreditation Commission for Healthcare, ACHC. I'm, I'm very excited about this topic today because accreditation is not new to the healthcare industry but it is new, fairly new to the assisted living and senior living industry. When you think about accreditation, you know, I'd, I'd like to encourage you to think about it as a process that is used to simply measure an organization's um, commitment to quality and their out resident outcomes. It's not a checklist or a task or exercise that, you know, one should view as, this is something that I will do. I'll step through all these tasks and I'll do it again in three years. It is about embracing what accreditation means. And it is it means that it is the evidence and demonstration to your consumer, the residents and their family and your staff that you have invested and you are committed to improving and delivering the greatest um, degree of quality outcomes that they could receive as a consumer. Thank you, Denise. Uh, we're just going to jump right into our questions. With so many factors to consider in operating assisted living facilities in today's environment, why should an assisted living provider consider accreditation? Will accreditation create a differentiator in the marketplace? It absolutely will, Mark. A facility or a community, when they are considering accreditation, Obviously, they're going to ask why, what difference is it? What value does it bring to my organization and my, my consumers? But it, again, the think about it as, first of all, the growing population that we do experience that in the aging industry, in the fact that there was estimations from the year 2000 to 2030 that adults 65 and years, years older will double. But to me, one of the greatest impacts that was critical um, is a, a uh, recent statistics that looked at the baby boomers that are now single or determined to be single or childless, 15% are childless, meaning that 
who's going to care for them? What are the caregiver needs today compared to the next eight years when we reach 2030? So as a community, assisted living community, that's something you need to be thinking about. Our consumers are very educated compared to 10, 15 years ago. 36, I think it's 36.2% of adults 60 and older now have at least some degree of college. So we have educated consumers with technology. They are looking for a product as a service product of where they want to age in a positive way. So yes, accreditation is one of the things that will differentiate differentiate your community when you think about that consumer that is searching or trying to select the right residents and community that they want to continue to age in a positive manner. Thank you, Denise. Can you provide us with some elaboration on your thoughts about the insurance industry's uh, thoughts on accreditation within assisted living? Absolutely, Mark. From a payer or insurance, think about it from the community and, uh, for example, liability risk insurance. If I'm a carrier and and I'm looking to an organization um, of approving them for, say, liability insurance, you know, obviously we want to look at the risk that that community would have. So accreditation brings that uh, community, again, that validation that from the eyes of the, say, risk and liability insurance carrier, that they are focused on safety, they're focused on monitoring and managing uh, anything that is safety-related for residents, the environmental components, as well as, you know, their performance improvement and quality focus, looking at reducing risk such as falls, injuries related uh, to falls, or you know staff injuries, and those things that would place that community at either a higher risk or by having accreditation. Again, it shows that they are continuously focused on reducing risk. So obviously, it's very advantageous for an organization to have accreditation in place when they are looking to possibly have some premiums or cost uh, savings with their insurance carriers. Thank you, Denise. That is absolutely an area that uh, operators uh, should should think about. Um, with census being such an issue today, post-COVID, any opportunity to reduce costs um, is a great opportunity. Let's move on to our next question. Um, there are many states that have in place or are considering the use of accreditation organizations versus state agencies for regulatory surveys for licensure compliance. Can you talk to what the state perspective is on that? What states already have regulations in place around this? And what states are looking at this for an opportunity for the future? Sure. So let's start about talking about um, a, a few states that already have licensure approved and for accreditation as an option. Arizona's one, Idaho, um, Nebraska, D.C., and, and it can come in, in different forms. It can be, for example, for licensure, so that the initial, uh, initial licensure inspection could be an option or an alternative to utilize accreditation. Some others, for example, will say, 
once they are in place, they have gone through the state licensure process and they've been in operations for 12 months, then, you know, accreditation could be an option to ongoing inspections in lieu of licensure or state regulations. Then you have some that is a combination, like I've talked about, but those are just some of the states that already have it in place. Now, let's talk just a minute about Texas. Texas has accreditation in lieu of inspections and ongoing licensure inspections. They have that in place already approved in their rules and their um, administrative codes for their state. However, they haven't implemented that because they're in the process now of defining how that um, uh, Texas's HHSC will approve uh, accrediting organizations. So they're at that um, conversation and defining what that process will look like to approve an AO in order to complete those. Now, let's talk a little bit about ongoing studies. Um, again, I can speak to um, North Carolina, for example. North Carolina has just just a few weeks ago approved with the governor, Governor Cooper's approval of the state budget. There's an appropriation bill that was included that would allow a two-year pilot uh, program to truly compare outcomes, resident outcomes for comparing accredited organizations in comparison to non-accredited organizations. So it's a two-year study truly that at the end of that uh, two-year period, we will be able to demonstrate that there is a positive impact on accreditation, whether it maintains or improves um, quality outcomes. So that's a very, very new hot off the press study um, that we can share with you. Also, another, for example, you'll see a lot of the state associations are actively looking for that. For example, Florida Assisted Living Association list as one of their 2021 legislative priorities to look at a study potential, again, to create an accreditation option to facilities regarding their licensing inspections. So those are examples of, you know, two states that are, again, paving the way for other states and the uh, assisted living, senior living communities to expand and partner with states for this option. I think that's a very exciting opportunity for states on a go-forward basis, certainly from a budgetary standpoint for each of the individual states, but allowing for the building of benchmarks and quality of care standards going forward, which leads me into my next question for you. There is a variety of quality of care benchmarking tools within assisted living today, but it's clear that there's no set standard for benchmarking. How will accreditation assist in setting some national formal benchmarking? And how does this benchmarking lead to the expansion of better quality outcome studies and best practices? Okay, so, so you're absolutely correct, Mark. There are currently no national benchmarking 
for assisted living, such as your uh, CMSD programs like nursing homes. They have nursing home compare. Home health industry has home health compare and the hospital industry. Again, so that that is a, a definite need to hopefully have in the future of the assisted living industry. Again, there are bench, benchmarking opportunities. Some are through private organizations. Some are, you know, you can invest in and have paid benchmarking with organizations, again, to compare assisted living, senior living, again, growing industry, we need to have that in place. So we encourage, again, every opportunity to think about that and think about how we can position assisted living in the benchmarking future. Now, there are opportunities, and let me share that. Some AOs look at um, outcome measures as a component of their package. So let's say, for example, if a, an accrediting organization, that may look like a much more elaborate standard. Within their standards, it may talk about collecting outcomes and that whole process of measuring, collecting, measuring, and analyzing. Some AOs may absolutely um, take it a little step further in that you may go through the accreditation through their standards, but if you're submitting and have um, measures in place to participate and submit outcomes data in order to receive and participate in that benchmarking process, that may even be utilized as maybe an additional recognition through accreditation you know, uh, a distinction or a certification of some kind. So it, it can it can come and look in different forms, but the, but the outcome is the same. You're measuring quality outcomes, you're sharing and reporting that, and they're being collected and benchmarked across the pe your peers. So important as the industry goes forward. Thank you, Denise. Um, I'm going to ask you to give a very short summary of our discussion today, and then we will talk about what our next steps will be. Absolutely. So, Mark, again, and, and our listeners, one of the things that we started is just really talking about the flavor, if you will, of accreditation for the assisted living communities and this industry. You know, why it's important, what difference does it make to the communities that are are you know, going down the journey of deciding, is accreditation right for me? What are the options? What are the benefits? We talked a little bit about that. But I would say probably most importantly is thinking about how it will change or differentiate the care delivery and your community, which will just simply allow you to be more competitive in your communities. It will allow you to be a I hate to use trendsetter, but being a trendsetter for this industry, saying that we are committed and we value what it means to be accredited and how we do that. Again, we touched on um, the impacts that it has to reducing risk and your uh, possibly reduction in your liability insurance premiums and those expenses. Again, that's another opportunity that you can um, you know, view the value of accreditation. 
And again, we close by talking about, you know, the critical need for having outcomes measured to develop benchmarking for this industry. So we can also um, someday very soon have some form of a higher recognition um, in regulatory eyes, payer eyes, if we are, you know, thinking about that. But truly just taking the topic today of defining what accreditation is, how it means and what it means to you and your communities, and what can we do as an industry to begin that benchmarking exercises that it is crucial for us. Thank you, Denise. I want to thank you for your time today and the opportunity to quickly touch on many of these subjects, very important. Our next steps, is that we are looking to take the factors that we talked about today, which is considering accreditation, what the value is to the residents, families, and communities, as well as the insurance industry, and benchmarking of quality standards within assisted living, and creating other podcasts for this community. So again, we'd like to thank you all for your time and, and uh, the opportunity to speak with you today. At McBee, we understand the challenges providers face across the healthcare landscape. For more than 45 years, we've been a part of the evolution of the healthcare industry. Our strategic advisory solutions span the home health, hospice, health system, and senior living care continuums, creating improved clinical, financial, and operational outcomes. Our expertise is guaranteed. Our solutions empower. Visit us today at mcbeeassociates.com. Thank you for listening to McBee Care Threads. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. For more information on the topics discussed today, visit our website at mcbeeassociates.com. Until next time.